You're listening to The Higher Ed Marketer, a podcast geared towards marketing professionals in higher education. This show will tackle all sorts of questions related to student recruitment, donor relations, marketing trends, new technologies, and so much more. If you're looking for conversations centered around where the industry is going, this podcast is for you. Let's get into the show. Welcome to the Higher Ed Marketer Podcast. I'm Troy Singer, here with our co-host, Bart Kaler. And Bart, a secret that might not be a secret by the time this podcast is released, that we're working on a webinar that we are very excited about, putting on the finishing touches that is going to have a lot of useful information for higher ed marketers. We'd love to hear your perspective and what you're excited most about it. Yeah, this webinar and and like you said it's it's uh it's probably out there for everybody who hasn't didn't have a chance to attend can download it but uh we we really are looking forward to talking about managing the tools and the strategies for higher ed success. So, you know, your background is is print, you know, uh, I think Patented does a lot of marketing execution through print. Uh, I do a lot in print and digital and what we're going to do is we're going to talk about how to combine those two to really make successful direct mail campaigns whether those are you know, direct mail in a search campaign, whether it's uh, as part of your ComFlow, um, different ways of, of you know, leveraging the direct mail campaigns to do that through personalization, through print on demand, through, um, you know, informed delivery and a lot of mail 360 types of things that you can do around um, the, the mailing that, you know, quite frankly, up until Troy and I got to work together in the last year or so, I was unfamiliar with that. And it's, uh, there's a lot of advancements in in the mailing system and direct mail that uh, are pretty powerful that you can combine with digital. So really excited about that. Thank you, Bart. And yes, and for the record, Bart and I are working on a couple of projects for customers. And that's the reason why we're able to bring this webinar to let people know of the successes we're having with our current customers and to see if anyone else would like to benefit from that success. But today, really want to talk about our guest, which uh, is Jeff Fanter, and he's with Ivy Tech Community College. And Bart, you have a history with Jeff, so you know him pretty well. Yeah, Jeff and I did some work together several years ago, and uh, I got to know Jeff pretty well through that. Um, he's a great guy. He, uh, you know, came to Ivy Tech from a from a background in um, college athletics, and uh, he's a he's a brilliant marketer. Um, really does a lot of really good things for for Ivy Tech. Um, has really kind of taken them to kind of a sleepy community from a sleepy community college to one of the uh, you know most impactful institutions here in the state of Indiana. And so, really, I'm excited about this conversation we're going to have with him today. I think he has a lot of really good information and a lot of really good information for higher ed marketers in general, not just specific to community colleges. But I think he has a, a lot of really good wisdom to bring to the table. Let's bring Jeff into the conversation. I'm excited to welcome Jeffrey Fanter, Vice President for Marketing and Communications at Ivy Tech Community College to the show. Welcome, Jeffrey. Pleasure to be here. Thank you for the opportunity. It's our pleasure to have you. If you would, tell everyone about your role at Ivy Tech. Sure. Uh, I have the pleasure and have had the pleasure uh, for the last 17 plus years of serving as a vice president for marketing communications at Ivy Tech Community College. Uh, sometimes a little known fact about Ivy Tech Community College, we are the largest singly accredited statewide community college system in the country and the largest post-secondary institution of higher education in the state of Indiana. So just been thrilled to be in this role at Ivy Tech Community College. 
That's great. Thanks, Jeff. I appreciate that kind of giving us that uh, that rundown. Um, you know, being here in Indiana, I'm really familiar with Ivy Tech, and I, I know that you know just uh, in full transparency for everyone, you and I have done some work before uh, in the past, and so. Uh, but I I also just you know even. Growing up here, I know just the significance that Ivy Tech has had historically in the state of, of Indiana. And, um, you know, it, it's traditionally, you've established uh, kind of that transfer and affordability alternative, which isn't necessarily a bad thing in this day and age. But could you share some of the changes and advancements of how community colleges like Ivy Tech are changing and the way that you are adapting to that? I mean, a lot has changed in higher ed in the last several years. And I think you guys have done a good job of, of adapting to impact the students. Certainly. I think one of the ways, and you, you touched on the, the affordability and transferability, and certainly I, I think the focus has been to establish that, and I think we've done a pretty good job at Ivy Tech, and the affordability is that access point for people to know they can afford to get into higher education, and then that transferability is to move on to a four-year institution. But I think what community college, and especially here in Indiana, have done exceptionally well with Ivy Tech Community College is establish the fact that this is not necessarily just your launching off place for a four-year uh, degree. This this is a launching pad for a career. And I think that's a little known fact or, or is becoming more of an, a known fact. But with community college, people didn't always see them as the place where I can go to get a great career right when I leave community college. It's a launching up. Maybe it's a start of a job. And I, I really do believe there is a difference between a job and a career. I firmly believe community colleges have now established themselves as a place to launch to a career. And I think that's something that's emerged, I would say, over the last maybe five to seven years. Certainly there's more attention nationally on community colleges with respect to this concept of potentially could they be free across the country to, to create like a K to 14 type model. And part of that is because people are knowing and embracing and accepting the fact that community colleges train people to go into a career. And sometimes people associated those careers maybe with some of the trade vocational things, but you know, we, we train more nurses uh, than anybody in the state of Indiana. And sometimes people don't associate the community college with that. I think folks are starting to understand more. This is a launching off place point for a career. And I think that's what's different about community colleges, Bart, probably in the last five to seven years, especially here in Indiana. I think it may be different in other parts of the country, but here in Indiana, because of the way higher education has kind of grown up with these regional campuses that IU and Purdue had and, and the role Ivy Tech played more as that trade vocational school, I think it's changed over the years. And I, I, you know, it's been a pleasure to be a part of that and see people understand that better about Ivy Tech and, and the role of community college boys. Yeah, great. Just out of curiosity, how would you define the difference between a job and a career? I think a, a job is... You know, I, I think about my own situation with my family. So I have a I have a 19 year old daughter, and a job for her is the job that she went to today, where she went to a boutique, she worked in the store, she she got paid the wage that she got paid, but it's not where she's going to be after she graduates from college. It's a job. It's a place to, frankly, for her, she's making some extra earnings for the summer. For other people, you know, a job may potentially be that earnings to, frankly, put food on their table, right. um, which is an important thing. But really, to then take your family to another level or, or take your, your experience as someone who uh, is the breadwinner in your family or the leader of your family to another experience, that's a career to me. And I think a career is when you can start to support your family, support yourself, 
support other endeavors that you want to do within your life. A career gives you the means to do that. Well, a job probably gives you an instant satisfaction of what you need right at that moment. And I think that's what's different between a job and a career. And a job often, I think if you ask that people, they would talk about how they, you change jobs multiple times. Look, I've had jobs. I worked at Burger King. I worked at a shoe store. Those are jobs. That Not that they're bad places to work. They're great places to work. And there are career paths with those. But when you ask me what my career is, I've had two career paths in my life. One in college athletics and now in higher education. Those are different than my jobs that I had when I first came out of, when I was in high school or first came out of high school, where those weren't the path I was going to be on forever. Right. Again, not that they weren't bad jobs, but I what my path was not to, you know, manage and run a Burger King or manage and run a, at that time, Kenny Shoes. My career, though, is where I am, was in, in, uh, in college athletics and now I'm in higher education. Yeah, that's great. I appreciate you kind of clarifying that. And so many, I, I hear it so much in, in different angles of color of, of higher education, you know, whether it's through the community college lens of career ready and, and, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of talk around career ready, around open skills and, and being able to transfer those credentialing, those types of things that we do some work with Western Governors University, and we're learning a lot about some of the things that they're leading in that. But I think it's so important because there is this, um, this idea, I think, you know, good, bad, or ill, the idea that there's a certain path to a certain life. But I think that you're trying, you're, you're making the point that community colleges, at least with Ivy Tech, those, those paths to careers go different ways. They can either go through the traditional four-year that, that people often do. They can also go through community college and, and they can do a combination of both. There's just a lot of ways to careers. And I think that's refreshing to see that, that come about. So as, as we kind of think about that and, and how the impact community colleges are having, let's kind of shift a little bit and talk about how to market that impact. I mean, and, and I think I just kind of illustrated a little bit. There's, a, there's somewhat of a perception out there that, that sometimes community colleges have to overcome. You mentioned it a little bit yourself. Tell us a little bit about how and, and different ways that you're marketing Ivy Tech for that change and, and to help persuade those people who might not, one, understand higher education, and two, understand that it's, it's a path to a career. Well, one of the keys to that, Bart, for us and the steps that we took to the decision that we've made, and what we're calling a brand evolution with respect to Ivy Tech Community Colleges, we did some research to try to figure out what our external audiences think about community college. What you said is correct. You know, community colleges across the country, there is there is an element of a perception challenge, perception issue. I call it a perception misunderstanding but you need to then find out, so what is that perception misunderstanding? And we found out from our external audiences, really what the, and it's it's a misunderstanding slash lack of knowledge. They just don't understand what it is that an Ivy Tech credential can get them. They understand it's affordable. They understand credits transfer, but they don't understand what is the value in an Ivy Tech credential. I, I say the so what question. So what does Ivy Tech give me? What does an Ivy Tech credential give me? We learned in, in speaking to our external audiences, that's the question they want answered. And they don't want it just answered with kind of the marketing speaker, the marketing word of it gets you a high wage career. It gets you a high value job, which are, those are the terms we use today in some of our marketing. They need data and support behind that. They need to they need proof. They need to see what are those high wage jobs? What are those careers? And, and show me how much money you're going to make. So it's very outcomes driven. That's what we found out. So what we're trying to shift to is informing people, 
This is what an Ivy Tech degree gets you based on the amount of money our graduates make, based on the types of jobs our graduates have. Um, not just potentially what that type of job can get you, but what somebody who went to Ivy Tech that has that type of job gets paid. And I think that's extremely important because, look, we're in a market where other schools do the same thing. Our graduates at University X make this much money. They get this type of signing bonus. This is their median income. And that's what they hear. And that's what people digest and hear. So we need to then jump into that market and say, well, this is what an Ivy Tech one gets you. And I, I'm confident that people are going to be shocked when they see how much money some of our graduates that left Ivy Tech within their first year make. Not just Ivy Tech, but community colleges in general. I, I think they're going to be shocked by that. And then on top of that, secondary to that message is, oh, by the way, it's affordable. It's more affordable than other options that are out there. And to your point about some careers do require a four-year degree, our credits will transfer on if at a later date you need to go pursue further education, which certainly is valuable for all of us to do. And our credits are going to continue you on the path. You don't need to restart. You know, nursing nursing's a great example. You may you may start at one level as a nurse, but then you need to go you get your BSN. Well, you don't start over. You take your Ivy Tech credits. You go on. You've already finished two years. You get your BSN, and now you're making even more of a money more money. That's what a career is. You continue to progress within that. So that's the message that we feel confident here in Indiana. People need to know more about Ivy Tech, and I I, I would suggest to you. Across the country, community colleges could do a better job of talking to people about the outcome of what their graduates do when they leave the community college. And and really, we could try to guess what that message is. But look, the marketplace is telling us, I need to know how much money I'm going to make, and I'm going to need to know what kind of job I get, and I'm going to need to know what types of places I'm going to work at. Yeah. I think that's so critical, and I think you bring up a point that I've I've seen in a lot of different research studies. Um, you know, I've, I work with a lot of with the Association of Biblical Higher Education, and they they commissioned Barna Research to do kind of a study on you know what's expected from a from a you know that type of degree, but it all comes down to outcomes. I mean, whether it's the student, whether it's the parents, everyone wants to know what is the return on my investment. I think everybody understands now that higher education is an investment. You know, thirty forty years ago you know, it was not the percentage of, you know, annual income that it is today. I mean, higher education has gotten expensive. And I think that people want to understand if I'm going to put this investment in, what is the outcome? What what can I expect? And I think that uh, what you guys are doing to kind of research that and then tell the true stories of what Ivy Tech is experiencing, what your grads are experiencing, I think that's a really, a really great you know, way to express those outcomes. Let me ask you this. When you are working with other schools, because I mean, we've got a lot of different schools listening to this and they might say, well, you know, I've got a, we've got articulation agreements with our local community college, but how is the best way for other schools to market that path for people? I mean, obviously you've got a lot of the students that are going to career ready automatically, but you've got a lot of students who are either, whether they're in high school taking AP classes or, or dual credit or doing some things with Ivy Tech who are, you know, going to be pulling away with several credits, even if they go and get an associates or whatever to be able to transfer. What would you be your suggestion for, you know, the four-year schools to be able to, to market to this group of students who are walking away with a, you know, two years under their belt, but want to continue on? Yeah, well, I think one important thing that we've seen here in Indiana, and I think it's the case in other states too, is 
let's kind of stop the competition game. Look, there are plenty of people in our country who need to be educated. And there are plenty of seats in all of our institutions of higher education that need to be filled. So as opposed to competing with each other, and if, so for example, as a community college, you might want to try to uh, garner every uh, corner of the market with respect to every student. But you know what? There's plenty of spaces and seats, especially here in Indiana with our, 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 our regional campuses that exist. Let's not be competitors, but let's make sure we share with, and I'm going to use this word, customer, because they have a choice. They are a customer. Right. Share with the customer what their options are, because if the customer, potential student, believes they want a four-year education, they believe that's their ticket, then make sure whether you're the four-year institution or the community college, in this case, I'll use the four-year institution as an example. If that's what they ultimately want, but you as the four-year institution, it's not the right fit for that individual. Don't try to fit them into a bucket that's not going to work for them. And you know that a year later, they're not going to be there any longer. Give them options that maybe the community college is the better route. Maybe it's a financial decision. Maybe it's just where they are with, with respect to what they achieved academically in high school. Maybe it's with respect to they've been out of high school for a period of time and they really haven't taken many classes. So the better route may be to go to the community college where there may be 20 people in the classroom as opposed to 200 people in the classroom. Put those options on the table for the consumer so they can see what the, all of those are. And let's not compete with each other because in the end, we both can be a terrific resource for that potential student starting at the community college, going on to a, a four-year institution. Look, I'll tell you this. If I, my experience at Ivy Tech, so if I worked in admissions or in marketing at a four-year institution, you can't replace a junior or senior if they don't come back after their sophomore year or their junior year. There's no, there's no magical junior or senior replacement. The place you find them is the community college. So partner with the community college and you fill those seats because the data shows you not everybody that starts with this freshman is going to be there their junior right. year. That's just what the research shows. So partner with the community college because there's no other way to fill your junior seats or 300 level courses than taking people who have 100, 200 level course experience. And where are you going to find them? At a community college. And I think if we could really partner, and I think Indiana's done a great job of this, of we're all one seamless higher education system. Let's make sure everybody in Indiana knows that. And you can move from one institution to the other and make it seamless and make it easy and approach it that way. I think that's a better approach for people to take. And, and not be afraid that if you're at a four-year and, and that student goes home from the summer, it's okay they pick up a class at the community college and then bring those credits back with them. Because you know what? It's better that they're staying enrolled in the summer somewhere and staying in, staying in higher education because data shows as you continue to stay enrolled, the likelihood of you continue to retain is better. So there's nothing wrong with that. If they don't choose to take it at your four-year institution, they choose to take it to community college and bring those credits back, make it easy, make it seamless for them to, to transfer those credits in. And, and you know, on your website show, you take this class at Community College X, it's gonna transfer to this institution or to uh, this class at our institution. So I think that's the approach higher education should take. And let's be one product together and kind of compete less with each other. Because as I said earlier to start this, there are plenty of people in America who can fill the seats that exist in higher education. Plenty of people need it. We just need to be a bit more inviting to make that happen.
I agree with you on that, Jeff. I think that I think that not only are there plenty of people who want it, there are plenty of people who don't know that they need it. And it would be better we would be better served together in helping people understand the power of what, you know, higher ed is. I'm a first generation college student. I know Troy is as well. We know the difference that higher education can make in a life. And the more people that understand that and you know, I you're going to get me on a soapbox, but I think that that is, that is the message that we need to be doing as opposed to the, the competition. So I, I appreciate that, Jeff. So Troy, I know you had a couple questions that you wanted to kind of jump in. Yeah, there's one, Jeff, that Barth knows that I ask as we close every episode. Uh, you've been very generous and we appreciate the information you've given us, but we also ask for one additional nugget. So let's assume that you're speaking to other successful community college leaders and if there would be an additional tip or idea that you've heard of, maybe wanted to act upon that you could share that they could implement rather quickly, what would that be? That's a great question. And I think for me, and remember, I mentioned to you, like my career tracks, first I came from college athletics and then I moved into higher education. Um, my tip would be have honest conversations at your campus that these potential students, they have choices. They're customers. You, you can't be afraid of that word. I think sometimes higher education is afraid of that word. My tip would be, it's okay. It, it, it's, it's not a bad word in this space because they have choice. And the choice isn't always to pursue another institution because I think sometimes people default to that as customer. No, the choice can be, I choose not to choose higher education. Just like as a customer of any product, Often the choice is that you bought another product. Often the choice is you didn't buy the product at all. And I think that is something we can't be afraid of. And we need to come into their space to, to, to certainly make sure they know what the ROI on it is, what that return on investment is, and really convince them that this is the right move for you. And here is why. Just like every day we are marketed to as consumers and customers, and people are trying to convince us as to why we should buy this product or buy that product, you know, higher education, they don't always hear this as a product. Now it's probably as important of a product as any that's out there, but there's a reason why hospitals view patients as customers because they have choice, but we all know, and we all believe, I think we'd all agree. Healthcare is something that's extremely important, but you see, it's funny. I, I, I relate it to, you know, you see billboards for hospitals telling you how long the ER wait time is. Well, they're clearly trying to talk to you as a customer because they know why you don't go to that hospital because it takes me too long to get in the ER. So that's how they position themselves. Higher education can be any different. I'm not saying we need to have a wait time in higher education, but you know what's interesting? In higher education, now we do talk to you about how quickly you can get your degree and how quickly you can get into the workforce. Right. Is that maybe our wait time? I don't know. But I think that would be the advice I'd give Troy is, is treat it. It's okay to use that word. It's, and, and let's have that honest conversation within our inner circles of higher education. It's not a bad thing, faculty member, when we use that word. It's okay. That's powerful and a great way to end our episode this week. So thank you, Jeff. Uh, if anyone would like to reach out to you for a question or maybe just to connect with you, what would be the best way for them to do that? The, the best way is my email at J, J Fanter, and that's J F is in Frank, A N T is in Tom, E R, at ivytech.edu. Um, I'm on my email constantly, and I really enjoy having conversations with folks who reach out to me um, just for ideas. And, and also, I, I'll, I'll caution you 
If I give you an idea, I want one back in return. So two-way <laughs> street, I love having these conversations because by no means am I an expert. I love to have conversations. My best ideas are those that I probably stole from others. So um, as long as we can have a two-way street and I can get something from you, I, I welcome <laughs> people to reach out. That's well, for the record, I think I owe you one because I'm taking that idea, that line, and I'm running with it. <laughs> Again, thank you, Jeff. As we wind up, Bart, do you have any additional thoughts or comments that you would like to make? Yeah, I just wanted to kind of underscore some of the things that Jeff said. I think the idea of really kind of looking at our prospective students, our prospective families, um, you know, the different stakeholders that we have as higher ed marketers, seeing them as customers, because I think that, as Jeff pointed out, they have a choice. They have a choice on your school. They have a choice on how they engage with your school, whether they end up on campus, whether they commute, whether they do a number of different things. And so we can't take for granted the fact that, oh, you know, this is just where we are and this is what's going on. And I really like Jeff's point about the fact that, you know, customer is not a, it's not a bad word. I, you know, I started my career in, in corporate. I learned a lot of different things. And I remember, um, I remember in the late nineties, I was doing a lot of work with Motorola and I would go up to Chicago in their, in their war room. And we would be up there kind of seeing the, you know, the upcoming secret mobile phones. I mean, they were, they were just launching mobile phones at that time. And, and uh, they had all these ideas of how to market to um, teenagers for those. And, you know, I was also working in higher ed at that time. And so I would go back and, you know, I wasn't giving away any secrets, but I'd be like, hey, what if we did this to these teenagers? Because obviously Motorola's put a lot of money into researching that. I think that thinking of your prospective students as customers opens up your ability to look at a lot of business books that have to do with marketing and and be able to apply your role as a higher ed marketer in into those um, business books. And so I think that just trying to really kind of understand the whole nature of the way, you know, business works, the way customers work, the way choice works uh, can certainly apply to higher ed. So I think those are some really salient points. I agree. And I hope from this conversation, maybe we get feedback to either one of you directly about viewing the students as a customer. Maybe yeah. we started something here. So again, thanks to both of you. Bart, I just realized we always ask our guests the best way to reach them, but we should be telling people the best way to reach us. I know <laughs> I am active on LinkedIn, and that's where I spend most of my time, and I'm most responsive to new inquiries. So just search Troy Singer on LinkedIn, and I'll come up. Bart? That would be the same for me. I'm very active on LinkedIn. I think also email. I Like Jeff, I'm on email all the time. So Kaler at Kaler-Solutions.com. And I uh, would love to uh, continue the conversations there. And thank you both for this great conversation. The Higher Ed Marketer Podcast is sponsored by Bart's company, Kaler Solutions, an education, marketing, and branding agency. And by Think Patented, a marketing execution, printing, and mailing provider of Higher Ed Solutions. On behalf of Bart Kaler and myself, Troy Singer, thank you for joining us. You've been listening to The Higher Ed Marketer. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you're listening with Apple Podcasts, we'd love for you to leave a quick rating of the show. Simply tap the number of stars you think the podcast deserves. Until next time.